1: With Jason and Ken, 105.7 The Fan.
2: It's a final at Camden Yards. Orioles knock off the Blue Jays 4-2, win the series, go 5-1 in their six-game homestand, and now they head to Chicago to take on the Cubs. First of three tomorrow. Day game. On a Friday, they are playing at Wrigley. So a two twenty first first pitch. Bobster will be there. Bobster will. Uh, Bob's there now. He yep. had a flight uh, this morning. So he is there now. But joining us now, Odyssey Sports Betting Insider. He is Ryan Horvat. Ryan, thanks for coming on, man. And let's start with the Orioles. And Jason and I were just talking about it prior to the break. Gunnar Henderson. He was the preseason American League Rookie of the Year candidate, favorite, and then scuffled in April, but now he is really hot. Is there value for potential bettors going to Gunnar Henderson on June 15th?
1: Absolutely. I do think that there's a lot of value right there. I mean, I'm glad this is perfect timing for me to get back from vacation because Baltimore is about to take on my team, the Cubs, who are – Just a complete dumpster fire. Although they finally won a series, but they're no good. But uh, what I did was, I ended up getting a free bet with MGM, which you know you, you get every every Wednesday. It's just a small little bet. But what I did was, I actually took the Orioles to win the division at 12 to one plus 1200, yeah. still way too much respect for the Yankees. You guys, yep. and I played like, to be honest, I played Tampa Bay before the season because we were almost getting four to one odds with them. And I just, I didn't buy into the Yankees hype. And now they're dealing with all the injuries, Aaron judge, but Gunnar Henderson, you know, coming into the day, it's, it's crazy to watch, you know, a kid that's 21 years old. He had 13 hits and four homers, I believe in 24 at bats entering this month. So I think there's great value with him. And I also think there's great value with this team, especially when you consider the fact what the lineup looks like right now. And they're about to get Cedric Mullins back yep. from the IL. And I think their offense takes another step. I really like T- T- uh, Tyler Wells. I think this is a really scary team right now. In 12-1, to I just think it's a really good price. I think you're going to want to grab it right now because this team just continues to win games and impress everybody. I mean, they're what, 18 games, 43-25? and 25? They're, they're, I mean, nobody expected this.
3: No, and hopefully their number one starter, Corbin Burns, uh, will be acquired before the, the deadline. Well, what about, um, Ryan, them just to get in the playoffs? Like I'm looking, going into today, fan graph still only gave them a 55% chance to even make the postseason. Pakoda only gave him a 36% chance. Baseball reference, 47% chance. I imagine some of that's reflected in the odds. Is it worth just betting them to get in, wild card,
1: whatever? I think that's the smarter bet, you know, just because the Rays, although, you know, the Rays, they're they're a team where they were really lucky early on in the season. I could maybe see them fading away, but, yeah, you have. I mean, Boston's not terrible this year. The Yankees will eventually get healthier. I think the better bet, the safer bet, you know, would probably be just taking them to get into the postseason. I know the Pakoda projections – you know, aren't really giving them too much love. And I get it because the second half of the season, you know, you look at that schedule gets a little bit tougher. And also you look at some of these teams in the American league that are struggling right now, most likely probably going to make a move at the deadline. Like, you know, the Yankees, Brian Cashman right now is really feeling the pressure. And I don't think, you know, a lot of these, a lot of people will expect Baltimore to make a move, but who knows, man, if they continue to win games, Maybe they do, like you said, Corbin Burns. I know he's not having the season that he had a couple of years ago when he won Cy Young. But I think he really just needs a change of scenery. I don't think he wants to be in Milwaukee no. at all. You know, they blamed him for not making the postseason last year, even though he was excellent. Who knows, man? If they could get an arm, maybe two arms, a couple, you know, maybe maybe even another bat. Although I don't know if the lineup needs it. Yeah, I think that they're definitely a playoff team, especially now with the expanded postseason.
2: Do you have any best bets for tonight's slate in the MLP?
1: Yeah, so tonight there's actually a couple things that I do like. I'm going to take a shot with Texas. Shohei Otani is my favorite uh, player in Major League Baseball, probably baseball history to be yep. honest. He's been excellent on the mound, five and two, three three two ERA this season, but he's going against Ivaldi, who's nine and two with a two four nine. I know a lot of people expect this Texas team to just fade away, and I know you know losing the ground for the season is devastating, but I like them tonight. Small price, minus one twenty, and then I actually like an under tonight. Dylan Cease, he goes for the White Sox. He's kind of had his, his struggles as well this season. You know, his ERA is up a little bit this season. But I like the under in uh, White Sox-Dodgers. Under nine, it is minus 120. But I think uh, I think C's should actually have some success tonight. I kind of like the White Sox as well, plus 135 on the money
3: line. Ryan, before we move off of baseball, one thing I've been kind of thinking about firing on um, is the Cincinnati Reds to win that division. I mean, De La Cruz is just getting his feet wet. They've torn it down to the studs. So there's nobody else. Like, they can't sell anything off. They sold it all off. Maybe Ladolo comes back in late in the season, August, and if nothing else, is a high leverage left handed power arm for them. Um, we know, you know, Hunter Green, they've got some interesting pieces there. We think the Brewers might sell off. I'm not totally buying the Pirates. And if the Cardinals are going to get off the mat, it really probably better happen in the next week or so. They're almost 500. I'm kind of wondering if the
1: Reds are a sneaky bet. I think that's the best bet that you can make in the National League right now. I mean, the Cardinals are just a complete disappointment. And the crazy thing is they're not hitting the baseball, the pitching. I mean, you know, they had this home series where they scored 13 runs or 14 runs, I believe, in three games. But since then, you know, they just can't win a game. And... Uh, Jack Flaherty's been alright, but I don't really like anybody in the rotation. Nope. Maybe they make a move at the deadline. Well, you know Contreras has just completely lost his confidence. And then, like you said, the Reds, they're young. They're really exciting, though. They're fun. And I think they're going to go for it. I mean, I don't think they're going to make a huge move at the deadline, but like you said, I don't think they're going to trade any of these pieces off. The Cubs are terrible. And, uh, you know, Pittsburgh's the other team, maybe, if you want to take a look at one of the younger squads. But I really like that Reds team, too. And at that price, I think that's the best bet that you could make right now in the National League.
2: We're speaking to Ryan Horvath, sports betting insider for Odyssey. its inside access on the fan. Ryan, let's get to the NFL. Mandatory mini camps wrapping up. We got the dead period during the NFL calendar. It's the perfect time for some NFL futures. Got any that you like?
1: So I really like the Chargers this year. You know, my co-host, they've been going back and forth with me on this. And I know, like, I actually usually don't buy into the Chargers hype. Last season I was really excited about them, though, because I thought J.C. Jackson was a great pickup. I was wrong right there. I liked Khalil Mack, you know, opposite Joey Bosa. The problem is Joey Bosa just really struggles to stay healthy. But I liked the Kellen Moore hire. I don't know how good Kellen Moore is, but I just didn't really love how Joe Lombardi wouldn't allow Justin Herbert to push the ball down the field because he has a giant arm. Also, Herbert got injured early on in the season, we remember, in the primetime game. I think if they could stay healthy, which is always a big if, I like the Chargers, and I like the price. You know, you're getting better than 3-1 to odds on them to win the division, which makes complete sense. But the Chiefs, minus 160, I don't think there's going to be a dramatic Super Bowl hangover. But Mahomes is great. But I just I don't love that price, so I'm going to take a shot with the Chargers plus 350 to win the division. And another one that I like, you know, I uh, I kind of like Herbert MVP. You know, wow. if you can get a decent yeah. price, you know, because if the Chargers do win the division, they're going to overtake the Chiefs, who are literally favored right as of right now in all 17 games. So I, I like that. Uh, another sneaky play that I think I know how good Detroit is. You know, everybody expects going into the season in the NFC North, but. I took a shot with the Bears just because mm-hmm. of the price, you guys. I know the reports yeah. are Justin Fields looks terrible in camp. I never overreact to the camp no. news. I mean, a couple of years ago, we remember Jamar Chase couldn't catch a football, but I liked I, I like what they did this off season. I worry a little bit about the secondary and that defense. I'm just not ready to to buy into the Lions yet. I know how good they were the final eight weeks of the season. But I just, I have to see it to believe it with, you know, with Dan and with uh, Jared Goff there. So I took a shot with the Bears, which probably going to be the worst bet that I've made in the last decade, but why not? Uh, How
3: about the uh, college football? Are you, are you looking ahead to any
1: early lines there? Yeah. So, you know, I played Clemson um, against Duke. It was a 12 point spread. I I think Duke's going to actually be pretty tough this year, especially defensively, but Clemson, and I know Florida State's getting all the hype right now in the ACC. I actually played Jordan Travis to win the Heisman Uh, when it was 12-1. to It's down to 10-1 to right now. But I just think Clemson, you know, I worry a little bit about the wide receiver room, but finally they have a real quarterback there right now. And I just think that they're being underrated right now. My favorite bet, though, actually, in the ACC is Pitt. So they've won 20 games the last two seasons. Their win total dropped from 9.5 last year all the way down to 6.5. I don't love Narduzzi, but I do think that they upgraded a quarterback. They bring in uh, Phil Jerkovic, who left Boston College. He hasn't been healthy the last couple of years, but I do think if he could stay healthy, he's an upgrade over Slovis. You know, defensively, they lose seven starters, but that's what Narduzzi does. Like, he recruits for need, and he can coach defense. So I think their floor is seven wins. I was shocked to see their win total so low. It is minus 150, so it's a bit chalky, but I love Pitt over six and a half wins this year in the ACC.
2: He's Ryan Horvat, Odyssey Sports Betting Insider. Ryan, good
1: to hear from Thanks, you, man. It's brother. been a minute.
2: Uh, we'll Glad talk soon. Glad you're doing soon. better, Glad buddy. you're doing well.
1: Thanks so much for having me, guys. Take Thank care.
2: you. You got it. Orioles, they won the series, finished the homestand five and one, knocked off the Blue Jays four to two. Brandon Hyde is meeting with the media as we speak. We will play you some of the best sound from that postgame presser at four thirty. But coming up next, Gunnar Henderson. We were talking on the show, Dan O'Dowd of MLB Network was mentioning, you got to just stick Gunnar at third base. Bill Ripken, just stick him at third base. Don't yo-yo him between short and third. Did that end up benefiting him in the long run? And Joey Ortiz, he was in the starting lineup today at second base, not in the lineup yesterday after getting called up. How are they going to deploy him? Could it be a Gunner Henderson-type situation, yo-yoing him between spots? We're going to get into that on the other side. It's Inside Access on the fan. Inside.
3: Inside. 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 Access. With Jason Lockenfora.
0: And Ke- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
4: Cal, it's the hot corner with Jason, Ken, and Tim Barberley's.
1: Sponsored by Home Life Roofing and Remodeling. the Fan.
2: Orioles knock off the Blue Jays 4-2 at Camden Yards. They are heading to Chicago. Wrigley Field. Take on the Cubs. First of a three game series tomorrow, 220 first pitch. Joey Ortiz was in the lineup today um, before exiting. Adam Frazier ended up coming in with Ortiz. Got the call back up yesterday. I think the question that we have is how is he going to get deployed moving forward? Because unlike gunner and adley rutschman look there those are phenomenal players phenomenal prospects when they were brought up they were playing every single day where joey ortiz top 100 prospect but kind of a not get in, one one no kind of a get in where you fit in situation with ortiz ramon urias his bat had been picking up he did have three strikeouts today jorge mateo he's really been picking it up where does Joey Ortiz fit in, considering we saw Gunnar Henderson, of all people, struggling to just play every day at third base?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm not sure, Bone, how, how it's it's going to work and, and how, how this logjam is going to res, resolve itself. Um, and I can't help but wonder if, if Joey Ortiz is a chip in a trade package himself when push finally comes to shove and this team goes and gets a starting pitcher or two or a reliever or another bat or whatever. I just the the whole the gunner thing, I it it drives me a little crazy because I've I've heard some things and read some things recently where some people are kind of giving the Orioles out of boys. Kinda like, oh well he was struggling So they moved him around and they didn't play him every day and that sort of helped him fight through it and they didn't send him down, which they were kids too good to send down. And so almost like, well, they nav they helped navigate him through it where I'm kind of like, well, did they cause it in the first place? You know? When they put Ramon Urias at third base over him opening day at Fenway, was that already sort of like a sign of, hey, you're not necessarily in the field every day, son? Like, I don't know. It's a chicken or the egg thing. All's well that ends well, as we've said about a lot of things here. And I think moving forward, whether it's third most of the time and a little bit of short, you're you're going to see him in this lineup pretty much every day. Um, and again, they're now 36... 36 and 18 when he's in the starting lineup. But I, the way they handled it, I wonder if that makes them think that, like, that's the way to do it or at least we didn't send him down and it's it's okay to kind of rotate him and fluctuate him, even though a lot of people will push back on that. Like <laughs> I don't want that to become the template. Well, think
2: about it. They've already done that, not comparing Joey Ortiz with Gunnar Henderson, but with Ortiz up the majors. He's played short. He's played second. He's played third base. I mean, he's he's bounced between all three of them. It's not the same thing. Where Gunnar Henderson, we want and need to see him in the lineup every single day. But I I don't know. It is definitely an interesting question, and maybe we see some of that with Ortiz.
3: Yeah, I, I would look for me. Ramon is the guy who I would give those at bats to Ortiz. Now, Ortiz didn't look great today, but I mean, no. Ortiz got up here a couple of days ago. Um, he didn't get to play last night. I would like to see his at bats against Kikuchi be better, but I feel like we magnify all this stuff because of the uncertainty, you know. And like Stowers went through this, Vavra went through this. I think Ortiz is is a better caliber player than them yes. in all likelihood. Um, I think Joey Ortiz is somebody's everyday shortstop for a long time in this league. He won't there won't be him here. Um, And if he stays here, that role will be different. Um, And maybe he is a right-handed version of Vavra with more pop and the ability to play short, which is fine. I mean, this was a fifth-round pick, whatever. Like, that's still incredible value. So I'm not as worried about it with him, but, like, I guess I'm kind of thinking forward and saying, all right, we saw what it was like. For Ortiz, the one series against uh, in Detroit, and then they brought him back, and it was, he looked pretty good, but he was shipped out again. And now, what does that mean for Colton Kowser? You know what I mean? When that happens, I now Kalser's much closer to being yes. the Adley Gunner type prospect than the Stowers, Vavra, Ortiz, but there just seems to be an overall hesitance to give the kids the ball and let them carry it. And when the, the guys they've done it with, it's really worked. And I think Stowers got screwed over. Not that he's those kind of players, but I think Kyle Stowers is going to have a major league career. They're strike out a lot. But I also think in a good year in the right ballpark, he'll hit. He'll be Mountcastle who gets on base more. Except he plays corner outfielder instead of first base. That's what I think he is. I think he's Mountcastle with a higher on-base percentage playing corner outfield. And in any given year, he can hit you 30 bombs. Um, Again, do I think that's going to happen here? No, because of where this organization is. Um, But for it to be that much of a struggle for Gunner to get some sort of a structured situation, it does make me worry about others. And again, with Kalzer, he played right field nine innings two nights ago. Played right field nine innings the other night. We talked to Michael Elias about this on Monday. He said there's more boxes he has to check, right? He hadn't played nine innings in the field yet. He hadn't played nine innings in the field in back-to-back days. He's done that. I do think it's interesting bone-up. one or not before, I will again. He's not playing center field. It's been Hudson Haskin or Daz Cameron. I think that's because he's coming to Baltimore to play right field because center field's going to be Hicks for another couple weeks and then Cedric Mullins. So I don't know. Maybe the time is now. And maybe Joey Ortiz is coming down so Kalzer can go up. Did you have to DFA somebody to get Kalzer up here? Maybe that's Lester. Uh, That would be left-hand bat for for left-hand bat.
2: We're going to get back into the Ravens later on in this hour. Mark Viviano, sports director, WJZ, he joins us at 5. We played some sound from John Harbaugh about J.K. Dobbins not participating in practice. He sounded a little agitated. Viv, he's got one-on-one with J.K. Dobbins. That's going to be aired on WJZ first up in the uh, 5 o'clock news. So we'll talk to Viv at Five, But coming up next, we're going to continue to dive deeper into this Orioles 4-2 to win over the Blue Jays. Tyler Wells, numbers are great, but there's a trend that keeps reappearing. And we're also going to hear some post-game sound from Brandon Hyde following a Series W over Toronto. That's on the other side. It's Inside Access on the fan.
1: Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman Jason is an Odyssey NFL insider. Jason Lockin' for Jason Lockin' for one of the best in the business. Ken and
3: Tim prefer Adam Schefter. What are we doing here? Inside access. 1057 the
5: fan.
4: We have a tough time with Danny Jansen, so collectively <laughs> the last couple of years. <laughs> and yeah, uh, you know, and it's a
2: six eight guy that it's out in front. And it plays up above 92-93, but it's not a Batista fastball where it's it's uh, got a ton of ride to it, and and but it's a good fastball. And I just think sometimes guys can ambush it a little bit and get to it. That's Manager Brandon Hyde talking about today's starter Tyler Wells. Orioles knocked off the Blue Jays four to two. Wells six and two thirds, five hits, two earned runs, one walk, eight strikeouts two home runs allowed, and he mentioned Danny Jansen, who had both of those yeah. home runs. Thankfully, they were both just solo shots, yep. but this is a trend that keeps coming up
3: and up and up for Tyler. Wills. Yeah, I mean, it's the one real bugaboo with him. I mean, again, we know when you look at his whip, it's best in the American League most of this season. His ERA, 3.20, it's outstanding. He's giving them more and more length and came awful close to giving him a full seven today. Um Danny Jansen, I mean, it's unbelievable. He doesn't do this really against anybody else. Remember, he had a big bomb in the series in Toronto, and he just came off the IL hours before this series started. So um, personally, I'd have rather seen a little more Alejandro Kirk. But uh, Danny Jansen's been their, their, uh, their power guy against the Orioles. But I, I think, look, yes, there's pitches that Wells would want back. But we forget, <laughs> like, I know he's like 28, so he's not a, I guess, a spring chicken by baseball standards. But he had the rule five year, right? He had the sort of year where he's transitioning to be a starter, and you're not sure what that's going to look like. I think it's 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 absolutely astounding and fairly amazing what he's developed into in a short period of time. When you got the the COVID year, you you've got. Um, The the Tommy John year, you've got the Rule 5 year where they don't really know what to make of him, and then he becomes a high-leverage reliever, and then they transition him into a starter. He has problems physically last year, still manages to establish himself as a major league starter, and now is a borderline all-star.
2: High-leverage reliever. He was supposed to be the closer last year, ended up starting. In spring training... He was supposed to be the odd guy out, in and Grayson Rodriguez oh. was supposed to be. Now you and I kept saying, "Hey, don't I'm forget like, about Wells." No, I, I definitely you want to mess with yeah. Kramer,
3: mess with Kramer. Yeah. Don't mess with Wells, Tyler
2: Wells. And now he's easily their best starting pitcher. Has the lowest WHIP in all of baseball. He's been fantastic for them, and he's one of those guys. If you got to line up in a playoff series in oh, he's October, in that postseason rotation, he is there. He is there, and. Adley Rutschman, he of course is going to be in the Orioles starting lineup. And he had a big-time game, three for five, including a home run of say Kikuchi. And he spoke about the adjustments that he made as a right-handed hitter, and this was during Masson's broadcast.
1: Uh, we were just able to make some adjustments in the offseason and uh, take them into this year. So uh, I'm fortunate to have great people around me.
2: Very low-key about it, but one of the bugaboos for him last year was him going up against left-handed pitching and that is not the case this
3: year. No. Um no, it's 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 not. Uh and through the minor leagues it wasn't and those splits were um there was a massive divide last year from the left side versus the right side in terms of contact and in terms of power. Um and and now it looks a whole lot like it did in in the minors. Uh and, you know, Adley Rushman, like everybody else, will have their their ebbs and flows, but the amazing stabilizing thing that he has that not everybody has is that ability to just to walk, to get on base, and when things are getting a little bit um, hectic or he's starting to struggle... When he just goes with the pitch and serves it the other way, whether he's going from the left side or the right side, that seems to be what he defaults to when things are rough, and then that kind of gives him a baseline again, and then you start to see the power come, and that's exactly what happened over the last three, four days leading up to today's bomb. His on-base
2: percentage is three ninety two. Yeah. three
3: ninety two. He's
2: going to be the starting catcher in the All-Star game, but... We have mentioned, you know, in the past week or so, about the defensive metrics being down, and we haven't mentioned today three stolen bases yesterday, and two of them in the same inning. I believe that was and another steal of third.
3: Now, Cologne didn't look back at all; like that was a you know Whit Merrifield running lead. Yep. But regardless, they have shown a willingness and propensity to throw on him, and and McCann's numbers throwing out runners are better than Adley's. I think obviously the counter to that would be well, Adley's obviously doing it way more than McCann, and Adley's dealing with the late-inning relievers more than McCann, and those are the guys who I think, if you look at them, they have the most trouble holding runners.
2: Austin Hayes, he provided a crucial insurance run. It was a bomb in the eighth inning, four hundred. 39 feet, and Adley Rutschman was asked about his teammate, Austin Hayes.
1: I mean, he just gets better and better every year. Uh, It's fun to watch him go about his business. Uh, You know, he's a competitor, and he works hard in the offseason, brings it this year, and brings it every single day on the field. So, um, you know, it's been fun to watch him this year.
2: The ability's never been a question for Austin Hayes, and he got off to a phenomenal first half last year before suffering those injuries. I believe it was an oblique, a wrist, and then struggled immensely. Down the stretch. He's batting 306 right now, Chase. Yeah. 507 slugging. He's off to a health start. Yeah. And great defense.
3: He's in the top five in the American League and batting average. I know it's a bit of a passe stat. Two for five today. Two runs scored as the leadoff guy. Obviously, the RBI from the solo shot that I think was a key tack on run. Um, and really kind of took what was left of of the air out of the sails of the Blue Jays. Um, Health is always a critical issue with him. He's navigated that expertly. We've seen him start to attempt to steal a few more bases and be successful stealing, which was a big weapon for him in the minors. I don't think it will be a big weapon for him in the majors, but it's nice to have in your toolkit uh, when you need it. And what I love about him is he's taken to this leadoff spot now. And so now without Cedric, it's pretty clear it was automatically Frazier for a while, whether it was lefties or righties. Every once in a while it'll be Austin. He homered the last time he did it. What in Milwaukee? He homered it again, again in that leadoff role today. I'm not saying to lead off the game, but still he was lead he was in the one hole today. Um, so they've got options now with Cedric still weeks away from coming back. Um he, we've seen him make great throws, throwing guys out at third. He's having a hell of a season. 851 OPS. Um, he's and I think you know I think he'll like Wrigley Field we're going to talk Orioles baseball with Danielle
2: Allen Tuck who covers the team for the Baltimore Banner she's going to join us at 5 30 she of course was at Camden Yards but coming up next we're going to get back into the Ravens John Harbaugh Kevin Zeichler Rocky Sin and Marlon Humphrey they all spoke with the media after the final mini camp practice this offseason John Harbaugh Asked about whether Todd Munkin, is he as advertised? And Kevin Zeitler, how much longer is he going to play? He answered that question earlier today, and we're going to play the sound next. It's Inside Access on the fan.
3: Inside Access with Jason and Ken. Inside the warehouse and inside the castle. Inside Access with Jason LaCanfora and Ken Weiner. The Fan
2: Raven's mandatory minicamp is over I've really had to Try and pep you up, Jason. I mean, you just seem so down. Man, it's over now bone. that it's done.
3: No, you've been crying, done talking man. Talking about two hand touch for a while. <laughs> you've been showing up. It all Bring it on! Bring it on! I can't wait till next <laughs> May. Ooh, when's rookie camp next year? Can't wait. I want to
2: be there all three days. Well, we know that John Harbaugh is always fired up for any type of practice. It could be June fifteenth. It could be October fifteenth. He's fired up regardless. In Todd, especially Munkin. if
3: it's a Friday. If October the fifteenth is a Friday. You're gonna, get, you're gonna get angry hearts. Uh, this wasn't it, this was if it's a Friday where the quarterback of the left tackle's health might be an issue. <laughs> you're gonna get really ornery hearts.
2: <laughs> or if you ask about this receiving core, because he said, "Oh, you people in
3: the media, yeah, saying that no one wanted to come land here." Anybody.
2: <laughs> but they landed they landed a heck of an offensive coordinator. We hope in Todd Munkin and. Now that all of the off-season practices are done, hey, John Arbaugh, as monkin as he's been as advertised.
4: Man, I, there's nothing like the real thing, right? And uh, seeing Todd uh, in real life is, uh, is, is even better than reports, I would say. You know, he's, he's he's a very good teacher. You know, he does it in a very energetic kind of way, uh, w- the way that we, we love to see around here. You know, uh, he's just very relatable. He's also, you know, a very detailed coach, especially in the passing game, but not just that. You know, the protection, the run game, the quarterback reads, everything. Uh, he's very involved, very hands-on. You know, our coaches over the years have all been like that. I think Todd's unique in his way of doing it. You guys get a chance to see it. You know, how could I describe it? You guys just watch it. What you see out there is what, 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 the, what he is out all the time. You know, that's his personality. And I think it's a great way uh, to reach guys.
3: It's new sheriff in town, Bone. Hey,
2: why didn't you could tell? We were all out there, you, Ken, and I, each week of the OTAs, and that was the biggest difference, where Greg Roman, very low-key, kind of wanted to blend in. Todd Munkin, you can hear him, man. He's in charge bone. He he uses some language that... Cannot be said
3: on these airwaves. And but is said repeatedly during every break. Yes. Oh,
2: gosh. We, we, we would be gone quickly if we said any Once of that Once in stuff. a
3: while it's said on the airwaves, but that's what that, that was the buttons for. That was you. I'm not you. the only one.
2: I, I have yet to cuss on air. I think I've done it twice now in twice. three years. <sighs> not good. Not good. But with Munkin, this is the change that they needed. And you go back... From 2021
3: to 2022. <laughs> I'm thinking about when I called GG an a But <laughs> yeah, I don't think it, it got t- out on air.
2: No, no, it didn't. But anyone who listened on the Odyssey app or 105.7 yes, The several, fan, I got yeah. several high fives for that. Yes, from you them. did. But... 2021 to 2022, you went from Wink Martindale, very brash, bold, to Mike McDonald, very reserved, and now you're going from Greg Roman to a bigger personality in Todd Munkin and a guy that we're all hoping can take this offense to the next level.
3: Yeah. um, There's nothing sheepish about Todd Munkin. No, there is not. He's a wolf. Maybe even an alpha. Does Todd Munkin have a vault? You have to ask him. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think he
2: would he, get Evolved that reference. vault is antiquated. He wouldn't get that reference. You think he's got the cloud? Yes, I think, it's more, the cloud. I think
3: it's more like a cloud.
2: Yeah. Kevin Zeitler, he's entering his final year. They gave him a three-year contract uh, when they got him during free agency a couple years ago, and he was asked about entering the walk year.
4: I mean, when it comes to that side of this business, like, of course, you always would love to, you know, when you're in a place this good, you'd love to finish out your career here. I have no intention of stopping anytime soon, you know, not coming to OTAs for the first time. I kind of made it real clear, I still need this game, I love this game, and I want to play this game. And I have no intentions of stopping anytime soon, And but honestly, that side doesn't really matter. You know, when I'm here with my teammates, I owe it to them to work hard every day and, you know, do whatever we can to try to get this team a Super Bowl.
2: Kevin Zeitler, been there, done that in terms of the business of this game, 33 years old, played for the Bengals, Browns, came from the Giants. He was released there. And then he has been as rock solid a free agent signing, really, that Eric DaCosta has had. And
3: if you're Eric DaCosta, 33-year-old guard, are you no. talking to him? I'm, I'm good. I'm a quarterback, makes $52 million a year now. We're paying wide receivers. Um, I got a $20 million uh, inside linebacker um no nah. you should be able to you should be able to grow your guards
2: you don't need to buy your guards and the left guard uh position is very much up for grabs and big a john harbaugh is talking him up we'll get more into that tomorrow but jk dobbins he wants a contract. He's made that abundantly clear. He was at one winning drive. He was not participating on the field. Jeff Zarebeck, who covers the Ravens for the Athletic, he reported yesterday that he heard through some team sources that Dobbins, this wasn't a hold-in situation. He had more of a soft tissue injury. And John Harbaugh was asked, why wasn't Dobbins out there? I
4: really don't. I expected J.K. to practice, and it just wasn't in the cards apparently, so... We'll just get ready for training camp.
2: He expected him to practice, but it was
3: not Wasn't in, in the, the cards,
2: cards, Jason.
3: I think they were in the it was in the coaching cards. It just was missing maybe from the player cards. I think Harbs thought J.K. Dobbins was like an ace of spades. And J.K. Dobbins is like, no, I'm the Joker. I'm here, I'm there, I'm everywhere. I'm not just not on the field.
2: And this is a thing. I'm not saying it's a big, huge storyline. Something.
3: But this is a thing. It's
2: something. And someone who knows J.K. Dobbins very, very well. Did a player show with him last year, is Mark Viviano, sports director, WJZ. And he's gonna join us after the break. Viv, he's got a sit down with JK Dobbins You're that sure you it's can not a watch. Stand up. It's definitely uh, a sit down. It looked like a sit it looked like a sit down. Just just from the picture that he sent me. And Mark Viviano will get his thoughts on what's going on with J.K. Dobbins. Is this a big deal? As Viv sees it, he'll tell us next. It's Inside Access on the fan.
1: Inside Access with Jason McCann.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.